0: Yes. Hello, folks. Welcome to the last episode in the season before we uh, put the bed, or we will put the bed, the doom and gloom and look forward to some positivity of the new the Manchester United podcast. Of course, I'm joined with my regular co host, Patati Kamagwigan, who is out in uh, New York right now. Hopefully, Chasing some American women and I hope, but uh, I have to believe our chances and marry this man. How you doing, Matt?
1: <laughs> all, all good, mate. Thanks a million. I have the uh, U.S. feds are listening. I'm absolutely not trying to, <laughs> to find a woman, but uh, yeah, good Hold time. Don't understand us it. anyway. You
0: can't get a great thing in this <laughs> one. <do you laughs> There's no chance to understand it. Uh, folks, just want to say a massive thank you to each and every one of you for all your amazing comments. I was off social media for a while. For about a week or so, um, dealing with a personal issue, as most of you know. Um, I just didn't want to keep explaining this, because I was asked about a thousand times And people. kind people asked me, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? I uh, was still dealing with that uh, issue, uh, so hopefully you get some answers on that soon. But thanks to all of you for all your kind concerns, comments. Sorry I couldn't get a chance to respond to every one of on, them, but genuinely I was off social media for quite a while. This was, was something that um, was really dominating my thoughts and emotions and I wasn't really pleasing to think about anything else. So um, thank you to all of you uh, and uh, as well as yourself, mate. So lots to talk about Callum. Um, One of the things I want to talk about, of course, is the news that Ralph Raniak's uh, consultancy role has been terminated allegedly according to United uh, Mutual agreement and uh, I would say it's about as mutual as the uh, the fact that um, Mila Kunis doesn't want to have Wales sneezing sex with me um, I, think, uh, <laughs> I, I, think I think it's not quite mutual you guys were her end and mine like uh, Mila is my best friend I just don't think I'm hers but uh, anyway <laughs> um, no see, see, to be honest
1: Yes. I, I actually, a, a few weeks ago, I think I said this, you, maybe six weeks ago on this podcast, yeah. I said I don't think Ron well, Nagel stay at the club with a new manager, possibly mm. with Pochettino. And this is actually during our argument about Pozzettino. Where did you think I had? Just because it never, it always looked as if it was going to be a gig where if he showed a bit of something, he probably would have got the manager's role. That's the truth. I think if he'd done well,
0: probably.
1: He was an absolute. The, the results were an absolute shit show from, oh, from beginning to end. I know you thought he, he kind of changed mm. things up. The only good thing he done was really call out the people that he should have called out. Yeah. he done that, which was great, and that actually cost him a job at the club. But see, to be honest, I think it all went downhill from the minute he accepted the Austrian manager's job because the minute you accept the Austrian manager's job, you're telling the club, you're telling the fans, you're telling the players that you're not 100% committed to Manchester United. And at the moment, we can't have anyone half-hearted we need someone that's hundred percent committed. So at that point, I think really, and anyone observing the situation, it's pretty obvious he's not going to stay at the club. Well,
0: but in, in his defence column when you say a hundred percent committed, that has to be that has to be a mutual thing. So Manchester United have to be a hundred percent committed to him. I committed our Manchester United to him with a very vague consultancy role. What does that even mean? So well, that's here, the thing. Yeah. At Go the at man. the start, at the
1: start, we're saying. He's taken a manager's job with a view mm-hmm. to uh, become either the permanent manager or a consultant at the sure. club because we don't know either or what's happening, right? So that's mm-hmm. the first bit of discrepancy that's our mm-hmm. No one knows actually what's going to happen at the end of the season because there's no decision. So really, him taking that other job is telling us one of two things. One, he doesn't like how the football clubs ran, which is probably true. Two, he knew he was never going to get the permanent mm-hmm. job because of results. So his commitment isn't there.
0: Well... It depends what you mean, Matt, right? Um, so, when you talk about, it, I think he took the Austria job knowing that there was no job. Um, secondly, I don't think anybody can reasonably expect him not to take a mon- an international job, right? Um, when we don't even know, if you listen to Ranić, Ranić didn't even know what that consultancy role included. So, here's the thing to me, it sounded like that consultancy role was a sweetener. Right, because it didn't really want to bring him in for six, seven months. Secondly, when you look at Ranick, right? So let's look at a couple of things. Let's say it was a catastrophe, a disastrous monitor. So once again that falls on the people inside the football club who replaced the guy with another guy who was completely inept. So the parting gift of the people whose job it is to put people in charge of this football club was here's another inept guy. Right, and then we're going to blame it on him now. Ralph Raniak hasn't been a manager for a long time, right? Ralph Raniak is a yeah. club builder, right? Yeah. So it's a bit like you know, bringing in a brick and saying, Do a bit of plumbing for us, mate. Will you? Right? Well, you're right yeah. on that, but maybe, maybe
1: is it the point that Ten Hag takes the job and says, Hold on a second, I'm the manager of the club now, yep. it's my way or the highway. Okay, do you know what? Wait, well, Nick, I don't get his role now, nah, forget about him. That could be the case, Hold and on that, the that's the thing. That's the thing where I, I respect it if that's the decision because I'm thinking, you know what, we need someone with a bit of balls. and If Ten Hag comes in and says, here, hold on a second. Yeah, you've just hired this guy. I don't want him anymore. I like that if that's the case. But someone needs to come out and say that rather than everything always being so vague. I don't think it had anything to do with
0: Ten Hag. I don't think... You know, be- basically, Ranick was the one that, you know, was one of the largest contributing voices towards Harren Ten Hag. It was John Morris, the season, science league. But so... Uh, so, I think when you look at the Ranick situation for me, you could argue, okay, he wasn't the great coach. Okay, well, let's be honest here, Carl, if it's a great coach you want, you don't have Ralph runnick right? You, you don't, but you also just keep so in charge
1: until the end of the season and then see you later. Because we, we wouldn't have been, in, in fact, we've made it back. He's done a bit
0: better than what we ended up. Arguably, yes or no, right? But at second, source I had no problems with. After what, you needed a double Liverpool in months and the Watford game. Yeah, and he, okay, he, it, fair it, enough. And but, and I, yeah, I know what but here's there. the thing, mate. right? So that's fine. At second, source it's One or another, you, you, you could be right. You needed know, Maywell, don't better. But see if you want to get a good coach in between now and then this season. Anyhow, is that? Right? There was lots of good coaches that were available that had coached in the last five, six years. That had coached at this level. There's plenty of people you know, he could have gone for. Ralph Ranić, if you're going to sit there and say to me, and I'm running a, a football club, right? And I'm saying, give me the top 20 available coaches in world football right now. ranic wouldn't have made that list. Like, Raniak, no, of course not. He's not the top. Oh, okay. So, so really, he, the only way he makes sense as a hire is if it's a firm of that consultancy rule. Because yes. so as, my,
1: that's, that's what I'm saying, mate. I think that they hired him with the view of, look, Ralph, you're going to do this job for a few months. We know you're not going to you're not going to win as a league. You're not going to win as a trophy. You're probably going to... They they probably thought that you're going to sneak top four yeah, and get we'll us out of jail, that. and that's going to be it. And then at the end of the season, we're going to put you in this consultancy role. You're going to help build the club like Leipzig mm-hmm. and Tom, and you're going to do it under a new manager. I think that was the idea. I, know, yeah, I agree 10, with that. Maybe Ken Hags came in and said, you know what? Hold on a second. I want this my way. I, I've worked with Van der Schaar before. I like the idea of how Van der Schaar's role was. Is Ranjik's role the same as what Van der Schaar's? He's been told no. Yeah, okay, yeah. see you later.
0: Well, see you later, Ramnik. I don't think Ranjik had any expectation that his role would resemble uh, Evan Van der Schaar's. And I think like, this also comes down to... You know, I think that look what's happened here, 100% is because of Ranick's lack of coaching experience in the last seven, eight years, there's enough plausible criticism of Ranić as a coach that the players can put forward and say, we don't like him because he's not this, 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 this. Okay, that may be legitimate because it's been so long since Ralf Ranić's been a top coach. But here's the thing. These players dislike everyone. They dislike every monitor. I long to see a headline that says, you know, the players love their manager. You know, the players. And and when you are so poor, you have no right to come back and say, we want a better manager. I want a better player. Right? Come. Here's the thing in any business. Right? Anything. A boss is only a boss when you, one of two things. When you need leadership. Okay? Or when you're doing something wrong. Always, mm-hmm. you usually don't hear from your boss. If you're doing your job properly, you're doing your job right, most people don't have a boss. Now, they're, same with a coach, right? A coach is there to refine your game. A coach is there to teach you good habits. A coach is there to give you direction, right? But a coach is not there to make you a footballer. A coach is not there to make you a world-class footballer. A coach is not, that. that's your job, right? You're involved in boxing, right? Adam Booth can't turn Michael Candon into Pernell Whitaker. If Michael Candon's coming to training half the time we're, you know, drunk and, you know, coming in and half-hearted and you know, sort of wanting it this day and blaming Adam Booth, you can't do that. So, first and foremost, and, I, and we've seen this said by uh, other managers in recent times, and we have seen my next look, it all starts with you. And that's why whenever you're successful, you don't turn around in contract negotiations and say, Do "You know what? I want two hundred grand a week. hundred grand for me, and a hundred grand for those coaches that made me the best player in the world." No, they play those players and those agents will turn around and say, "I made myself the best player in the world." Failure, that's yours. Success, that's mine. Right? Well, let's so look, let's look across across the road,
1: right? Let's yeah. look at City for one yeah. second. Let's yeah. think about Liverpool for one second, right? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Contrast how different our management style has been to how those managers treat their players, right? Now, there has to be some mm. sort of... Like, like, you look at after every game, right? Claps around all the players. He's hugging each one of them. They all look together. Same with, with Guardiola, right? You look at United coming off the pitch. Over the past, what, three, two, three years, it's been like every man for themselves. There's no togetherness. So it has to start with the players. And I, like, I hope I'm with fin- Hag, we see... We see a bit of like camaraderie in terms of like him. certain players need an arm around them. Marcus Rashford is the type of player who's threw his toys out of the pram this last season because he hasn't had an arm around him. That's a fact. He's the type of player who needs an arm around him, and I hope Ten Hag. Obviously, his management style. I'm not too sure about how he's gonna. It's it's gonna fit in at United, but I think that's the type of management that we need at our club. Like you look at look at the difference of United walking off the pitch, even when we're winning games, right? Even, even whenever we're winning games, like so, I go back to the Villarreal when Ronaldo scored in that last minute. The players were all great celebrating together. See, afterwards, when they're walking off the pitch, there's no real togetherness. It's always like every man for themselves. And I think you just contrasted those two best teams in the league, which is City and Liverpool. There's a camaraderie there, and we're missing that.
0: Yeah, but see, that comes from, first of all, a collective group buying into a collective goal, not well, an individual goal, right? So, if you want to see 11 players go on the, fit, go on the pitch and 11 players given absolutely everything for everything other than themselves, that's when you yeah. get that. Because you win as a team, you lose as a team, right? But yeah, we hear that I see you need to win as an, indiv- an individual and lose mm-hmm. as an individuals, right? And so, when I look at some of theatrics, right? Performative <laughs> stuff where, and then a massive fan um, of Clap doing the whole, you know, yeah, yeah, up to the fans, They were swinging the festival at there. And I think it's very theatrical. I think it's very performative. I, I, I think you know, there's a lot of managers that are quiet, reserved, that are ruthless. You know, Zidane wasn't the yeah. type to be. You know, with Zidane won three European, cult. you know, Mourinho had a very stoic personality. Um, <clears throat> you know, and uh, whereas I remember under Moyes, you know, the fans were crying out for a manager that showed passion on the say, lane, I'm sick and tired of this. You know, one demand's not getting the say, lane. It looks the same no matter what happens. But, like, you see a lot of managers, you know, see, like, Luis Enrique, his personality doesn't change no matter what happens. So, I am concern concerned with, you know, I even hear this, and and and, and there, when you hear the, these three words together, you don't need to listen to what comes after it. Body language expert, right? There's no such thing. So when I see Eric Hag's body language being analyzed, I mean this is insane, right? This is madness. And so I think um when what we really are asking for, is, you know, the fans, man, and it's not just from the managers from the players to show you care as much as I do, right? You show out in yeah. a lot of different ways. Right, what we're crying out for is someone who's ruthless on the sideline, right? Someone that stamps out a lot of what we are being frustrated about. But that's what Ranyak did, and look where it got him. Ranyak came, yeah. came on the press conferences and we refreshed that thing. Now, if you speak to people and say you need it, right? Yeah. And, and one of the things that's really interesting is if you spoke to them back in January. Ranek's personality traits were welcomed. Spoken in may that weren't right, and I've listened to people turn around and say to me, and I'm talking about senior people, turn around and say, "Yeah, you know one of the problems the always is he wanted to be everyone's friend, right? And you can't do that. And now we've got the street talking German and it's putting everyone in their place, and the players were leaking everything else." Now those people are turning around and saying, yeah, Ranyak's abrasive, you know, he's an arsehole, he's this, he's that, he's that, he's this, he's this, he's that. And all of a sudden, those traits were so welcomed back then aren't right now. So you're going, you know, this is the problem. And one of the things that was said to me was Ranyak blames, Ranyak blames everybody but himself. Well, I thing that was everyone you needed them for real. So what I will say, Matt, um, we well, we'll have,
1: we'll have to be honest just before we're yep. on the Randy thing, he didn't really do that much. Let's be honest. I mean, he brought, well, he brought in a, few, mm-hmm. a few coaches, he did, he didn't, he didn't. Uh, I mean, there was this whole thing about how he was going to change the whole style of play, everything was going to change. Yes, he wasn't back in January, but Was that like, what was the what was, uh, what was it? if he's going out asking for players, why did we not send the players? You know, there has to be like an underlying story to that. It just wasn't, no, we're not saying them, we need them. Edison Cavani didn't play. The club knew he wasn't going to play, obviously, at that point because they still didn't act on it and they allowed him to stay at the club. He obviously said to the club, look, I want to leave. They said no. Then he said, oh, well, I just won't be playing. And then he's had all these injury things because he still played for Uruguay. So I sympathise with Ramik on that front because he wasn't back in the transfer window, but at the same time he didn't do anything really. He brought a Lanka through, that's it.
0: Well, to be fair, if you listen to what he was saying, it wasn't given the ability to make changes, right? I mean, he asked for a striker, he wasn't getting one, right? So essentially what you're being told is make do with what you have. And when you've got these players that don't want to play for you, it doesn't really matter. Your ability to affect change is almost zero, Right. And like what he was talking about calm cosmetic changes. Now, maybe United had good reason, right? I actually sort of agree with the, the sentiment where they're saying to him, you know, we're not going to give you 70 million for a striker in January. That would have been madness, right? When you needed a striker this summer. Would it, would it have been madness? I mean, 100%. If, 100%. If, if it's 100%. Flavage, yes, it, 100%. Because, you United can't afford to get it wrong. Right? It's not all... It's not man as if you're a Man city, Right? So imagine, you know, going out and saying Vladovic and Ten percent says, I don't want him. Do, you do Well, there's, all,
1: there's always that possibility. He's one of the top strikers in Europe. So, but I know, likely he's going to want
0: him. But we don't know what. So we're guessing. So maybe he'd want them. maybe he won't. Let's be sure about that. So when you're sitting in January with two days left to go in the window... Right? and you don't know who your next manager is going to be, remember, at that point, we didn't, you never didn't know if it was going to be Ten Hag, if it was going to be Pochettino, or if it may end up being Ralph Ranić. To me, it made sense if you needed to turn around and say in January, we're going to wait secondly, and where I do think you know, there's some legitimate criticism here of Ranić, I think you know, it would have been well within the rights to say there's still enough offer to be priced in top four. All right? Because I don't think that United you know, didn't get top four. I still think that it had been in exactly the same situation after the same Flaavich. I do. Uh, because I think United's you know, problems transcended football ability. It trans- it, these were mental issues, right? Like, we were talking at the start of the season, United you know, being a defensive midfielder away from challenging for the title. It had United you know, have seen the best defensive midfielder in the world, I still think they'd be in exactly the same situation around that because these are the full issues you need around football. So at a football club where you're saying, look, we may have $130 million to spend this summer. Do we really want to turn around and say, because this could affect your ability to get 10 hot to say, do you know what, Derek? We bought a striker in January. That's coming out of your summer budget. Well, I don't want that striker. Well, mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Well, you know what? I'm but- not going to your football club with $70 million to spend.
1: I mean, this these is are hypotheticals. Think, we don't know,
0: but I think it means no, something not the same as striker and Daniel and I do. But I just think
1: it shows the mm. the lack of of proactivity. We are a reactive club, not a proactive club, and that's what separates us from City and Liverpool. They're proactive in their recruitment. They're proactive in their team selection. We are reactive. We react whenever Harry Maguire's played 10 games and he's not been good for those 10 games. And we react to the fan criticism and we take Harry Maguire out. The difference is, is John Stones doesn't play well at City. Pep reacts. Pep reacts by taking him out of the side and bringing in Laporte. And I know you're going to say to me, we haven't got the luxury of having someone as good on the bench. But at the end of the day, that's a game because we're being reactive and not proactive in the transfer market. And that's what it comes down to. United Gee, for the past know. three, four years, we've been reactive, not
0: proactive. Well, let me ask you this, right? You're sitting in January. You're saying to yourself, okay, we are going to have about $150 million to spend or other right? A significant portion of that is going to go towards a striker. And there's a couple of young kids on the market. Now, Flavich hasn't been exceptional, by the way. Juventus he's been okay. So, yeah. um, just a couple of kids. So, couple of young strikers on the market. Possibly in Kunku, Possibly Vlavic, Possibly lots of people we don't know about. Right. So, we're going to change completely as a football club. The people that negotiate these deals are going to be gone in a couple of months. The CEO. Or executive vice chairman, whatever you want to call him, is going to be gone too. Right. So, what do you do, you want to go out right now and say, you know what, the football club is going to change dramatically in the next six months. But the people that are not going to be here in six months are going to be making, are going to spend half of this summer's budget in January for a manager that's not going to be here negotiated by people who's not going to be here, right? For a team, it's going to look very, very different in six months. So maybe Vlavic fits this team, but not Ten Maybe he wasn't I fit Ten Hag's fits I just think, man, with all those things being considered, it was the right decision not to send a striker. I would like to have seen them send a striker, maybe someone on loan. You know, no question. I'm not saying they shouldn't have sent anybody, but to turn around and say, we're going to, need to spend for, you know, 70 million on Vlaavich, um I I, w- I would say that it probably made more sense to wait. Well, look, I understand what you're saying, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it could have been a difference between Champions
1: League football and where we're at now. so that has to be considered. You have well, to understand I, that, that's that, a that point. All, of the, all of these problems are, again, going back on a proactive, reactive, is a situation where the border reacting because of their ineptitude pre- previous, so the board made the wrong decisions, so then they're being affected. Their okay. future decisions, do you know what I mean? So,
0: so what should you do? So, let's say you made a wrong decision, pass what should you do then in January? So, I think January, there they should have made
1: at least one signing, and it should have been a striker because they knew that we needed that at the time. If they weren't going to sign a striker, then that, that that's fair enough. If they're saying, if, if in January we're, we're, we're we have no chance of Champions League football, fair enough, I get it. But when you have a chance at Champions League football, now we have to go another season without Champions League football. I think we have made their own decision. Oh,
0: they had Champions League football this season, mate. Yeah. Right. But... Have... Well hold on, mate, because this is important, right? So Schoensky finishes second, right? Champions League football, <clears throat> great. Um the following season's a disaster. Right. So when you're looking at targets for United, and this is one of the reasons why I push back on this Conte thing. You need know, to have it Conte in Champions League football. Yes, you could have some macro differences, right? But as a football club, you, know, you need to make root and branch changes. And you can get some macro changes. right? You could, maybe you could have won an extra four games a season and the Champions League. But these are not relevant magics for Manchester United. What needs to change is the football club systemically from top to bottom, right? So that you aren't making minor changes that can have macro effects. So that you are building something for the long-term so that you're not focused on short-term goals. You're saying, you know what? Yes, we may be able to find this challenge, but will tell you what's more important here, right? We send a striker that's going to lead this line for the next seven, eight years in the summer. And we do that in conjunction with consultation with the new manager. Because what happens, like I just said, if you're sitting in a situation where, let's say you bring a striker in the United in January, I think it would have been very, very hard for that striker to uh, to shine. For United are hard to look good in, right? So, this is a guy who would have been affected by what's going on inside the dressing room. Would have been affected by all the negativity. So Ten Hag has to come in, and United fans have to hope that this player is liked by Ten Hag, or we're going to be sitting with a striker for the next three, four years, trying to put a square peg in a round hole, that we've been trying to do for. You take a look at the team, United are popping out week, they're mishmash of players from Ferguson, from Moyes, and if you look at some of the criticism that's been levelled at United by previous managers and by even this one, it's that it's that this team is comprised of players across multiple generations, where they've never or multiple eras where they've never really replaced key players, right? They Ronnie quite rightly turned around and said. You need a defensive midfielder because Matic is leaving and you're saying Van der Beek, you're saying Pallestri and Cavani. Why? Why wouldn't you go out and saying a proper defensive midfielder? Now you've got a mishmash of players all over the field, some of whom you've got five players in one position and one in this position. Right? So to me, this is where, you know, that's the sort of stuff that you need to have to get a, 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 a grasp on and say, look, let's make sure when we're going to the market this summer, we're going to the market, getting the players in that the new manager needs, not players that are being shoved down his throat and saying, here, make the best of what you've got there. Because if you look at Liverpool, mate, and their recruitment, Liverpool, and that's what you need, to are trying to emulate, right? They have, remember that transfer committee and no, all, no one talks about that anymore. Now there's a laser focus on everything a club wants. And Klopp is getting rid of everyone. everyone at that football club right now is there because club wants them there. No. Not because of resale value, not because you know the Liverpool don't want to replace them, not because of anything other than you are wanted by Jurgen Klopp. This is what you need to have to do. You can't be turning around saying, Flavich Shunch, okay. 70 million here, Eric, I don't care. Because what if he's what if he, what if he's not what if he's not suited? What if he's not suited the way Ten Hag plays? The, the, mm. A game we're trying to put a square peg in a right moment. Yeah, no, hundred
1: percent agree with. You. But then, who? So, in your opinion, if you're sitting down right now, who's the same you know to make by the end of the summer? Good question, mate.
0: I don't know. I think, um, I think it's a really good question. I think one of the things that's going to be interesting come this summer. So when we're evaluating how authentic the changes are at Manchester United, one of the things that I want to see is how well they sell, because there's a couple of players United need to sell this summer. And I don't want to see that being dragged out the way it was in the past. James Dock, wrote, and wrote an amazing piece, um, which is really, really interesting. And one of the things he talks about in there was one of the things that has to change this summer is the maker, manager, the Glazers. Uh, and they are got their fingers and everything. And it's very difficult to run the football club. One of the biggest criticisms that came back at United, and it's cost them in deals in the past, is... Well, we want to get two, an extra 2 million here. 2 million here. Okay, we need to fund Florida and get that approved. They're on a different time zone, so it'll be tomorrow before we get back here. Wait a minute, we've been in Munich sitting here, well, ready to pay it. So you have yeah. the ask daddy if you can get more pocket money, right, to do something that's a that's minuscule change on a contract. like This this bottleneck has to change. So to me, and like this is what I'm talking about, where you've had complete regime change, where Matt Judge Woodward... Al are all gone and I have to give Richard Arnold some credit here. And I really do want to give him the benefit of the doubt and say, look, I really hope Richard's successful. He's making an effort to communicate with fans. So we're in the beginning, right? Um, and, and he's making an effort. By the way, just something on that. Just my, my top and If someone sends you an email or a text, don't publish it without their approval. Because that's deeply unethical. Now, it also means that basically what you're going to get back from said individual is nothing more than a public statement, right? So um, we all get loads of emails from people. You know, you can find a million different ways of, of publishing what they said in an email, but it's bad form to be publishing people's private communications on Twitter because someone has to be if you want to build trust with an individual, they have to be operating on the premise that we're having a private communication not intended for public consumption. Otherwise, I have to watch every single word. For, you know? And so I just think you know, there's a way of doing this. Publishing emails is probably not the way I would go about it, but that's you know, my two so points on it. But I have to say, give Richard Arnold credit, man, because he has made an effort to address so the have problems that have, that, have, that have affected you now, no question. He has so say, say for example, right, I'm
1: offering you right now Levendosby. Does he fit down that route no. of the older forward that we've yep. been fan with Kevani Ronaldo? So are you just saying, you know what? Yeah, he's probably top three best strikers in, in Europe, if not the, the best. But we're gonna say no to him because of his age. Or do you say, you know what, he give us
0: two years up front with mm-hmm. Sancho Riceford around him, Ronaldo around him? Yeah, you know what, let's take let's take a punt on him. To first you, and, and the reason why I'm glad you framed the question that way, because this is really important, right? Because I hear ridiculous metrics being used um, to justify not going after certain players. Like I hear, we brought this up on the show many times, we're, we're not sending world-class players anymore because they didn't work. I mean, have you ever heard I any mean, nonsense? No, That's the
1: most ridiculous thing have right.
0: ever heard. Um, and then you hear things like... Uh, you know, we need to be going for uh, people like Solskjaer that love the football club, you know, but no more hiring interim managers, right? And listen, if Jesus Christ takes the job on an interim basis, right, I wouldn't rule him out on the basis that he's an interim manager, right? You know, so if we uh, if can turn water into wine, then uh, I want him running my football club. Just saying, like, but... uh <laughs> But do you know what I mean? These are, these are the, the not having an interim manager because the last interim manager didn't work. Like, this is nonsense, right? It's nothing to do with whether it gets in, and And interim or not, it has to do with the quality of the individual. Right? It has to do with lots of, you know, and also it means that there's a massive steadfast refusal to acknowledge that maybe some of the problems are on your end, right? It's always this person or that person or this fault or that fault. No. So, when it comes to what you just said there, um, Lewandowski, would I care, would I rule him out just because he's 33 like Cavani was? No, right? Cristiano Ronaldo is 37, 38 years of age. finds the club's top goal score, probably the only bright spark on the team. So not for that reason, I wouldn't rule him out. Um, I think the United have been kicking his car down the road for too long. And I also think when you listen to Randick say, Ronaldo wasn't a pressing monster, right? Yes, I do accept that defending starts from the top back, and that matters. So we're thinking it needs someone young that brings energy, that brings something different to Ronaldo, right? That brings uh, something that you can, like, build around. So that Ten Hag can turn around. And say, this is my striker for the next three, four years. The players that we're going to sign uh, uh, are going to be designed to suit this top striker you know Lewandowski will have injury problems will have you know he's 33 can't play every week you know, I just feel that you know, need to be looking at something someone younger someone long term and someone that they can build around well in my opinion and that's only my opinion people are going to
1: disagree with it we need to look at it like he's, he's probably the best striker on the market so let's go get mm-hmm. him don't care, don't care about all these other tangibles that you're talking about because you know what? If he's the one that scores 30 goals next year and yeah. brings us Champions League football or wins us a Europa League or whatever it is that, that happens next year, then he's been a great signing. Look at the yeah. Van Persie thing. And I know we keep on going back to the Van Persie thing because he was, he was such a good signing. But you have to understand, in today's market, we are going to struggle to get someone who's even close even close to Lewandowski or, or of course, to in, man, in the next three years so we have to think what's best for the club at the moment is, is he going to is it going to upset Ronaldo probably but you know what who cares now Let, let's just sign the best player on the market at the best time because that's going to be the best thing for Manchester United
0: but do you I think let's say okay uh, Lewandowski's 33 right and um, right. he wants to go to Barcelona he wants to play Champions League football next season fine right <clears throat> do you not think let's say you're sitting there you know there is where I would have justified Avlavic signing over um Lewandowski I can understand why Barcelona want them given their particular predicament I'd, I understand that right. I can't understand why Barméic want keep them. right but what I can't understand is let's say uh, there's a reason why Man City didn't go after them right uh, there's a reason why Liverpool won't go after him. There's a reason why the top teams that you know they're trying to catch won't go after Lewandowski. Right? Because you take a look at City. City have sent Julian Alvarez and sent erlen Holland, two young strikers. Right? Take a look at Liverpool forward line. Right? Now they probably they'd they lose money this summer. Right? They'll not be replacing money with Lewandowski. Right? So what we need to have to get away from is he can do a job for us. We need more than players that can do a job for us. We need players that you can build around, right? Because Cavani, there's a massive difference between 34-year-old Cavani and 35-year-old Cavani. And clearly, 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 Addison Cavani was picking his games towards the second half of his season, right? Clearly, he had to be here. Clearly, he wanted to leave in January and didn't get granted his wish, right? Um, which obviously was a factor in... The fact that, you know, they didn't send another striker in January. Now, the elephant in the room, column here, is Mason Greenwood. Now, I totally understand there's investigations going on. You don't want to prejudice this investigations. But that doesn't mean you can't mention the name. Like, it's Beetlejuice. You know? Yeah. Like, at some point, they have to charge the kid. Right? They can't be in limbo forever. We can't be sitting here three years from now and someone saying, well, we couldn't get the evidence to charge Mason Greenwood, um, but, you know, the case has been dropped. Well, he lost his career for... By the way, let me just preface this by saying, I'm not making statements that Mason Greenwood is innocent. I don't know, right? But it would seem to me that at some point, the Crown Prosecution Service has to prosecute him with sufficient evidence... This has been going on since January, right? We're now in May. How long yeah. do
1: you need but, to charge but see, To be honest, the, these things are going to take a, a lot of time. I personally can't see him ever playing for United again, in my opinion. Could be wrong. Maybe, I don't know, maybe if everything's dropped and he comes, comes back. But I think it's, it's, I suppose the people will hang on to the fact that the club haven't released him yet, which is a sign that maybe they think he okay. is going to. On what piece? It, right?
0: <clears throat> By the well, way, I'm not... Sorry, Mick. Go ahead, No, no, no. You, you go ahead. Why? what's the difference between Mason Greenwood and Cristiano Ronaldo? Okay.
1: I knew you were going to bring this up. The difference between both of those is, is that there's video and audio footage of Mason Greenwood. Cristiano Ronaldo that of, <clears throat> But he signed a settlement and that was it. Yeah, settlement. but he admitted so, it. Effectively, but
0: but Effectively. That's it. Signed over. No, and it's, but mate, that's, that's the, out of out of the law. The legal no, no because we're not judging. What being judged is not the legal so, the legal outcome because the civil outcome. We're judging the act, right? That's what matters. No, it, it's 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 a, it's a fair point, and I can understand so people will have that viewpoint. Cristiano Ronaldo sodomized a woman, right? And admitted so in a deposition. Yeah. Yet listen are this guy is just, you know, to, Chris Donald came back to Manchester United and was massive superstar, gonna break all sorts of records. I mean, let me just say this, because I mean, this is really important because this may upset certain people. I am not sitting here saying Mason Greenwood deserves benefit of doubt, or Mason Greenwood deserves a presumption of innocence that no one else got, or Mason, you know, that this is that, or nor am I trying to diminish the seriousness of this, right? But I'm saying, what is different about Mason Greenwood and Cristiano Ronaldo? Because to me, they're both appalling, right? Now, the start of this, start of uh, 2020, we had an unbelievably tragic event in America with the death of Kobe Bryant. Now, Kobe Bryant was charged with rape, and it was forgotten. It was mentioned a bit towards the end, right? Mike Tyson, much-loved figure. Of course, done their time, done their punishment, right? So the thing is, Mason Greenwood, what Mason Greenwood, let's just take it, uh, let's just say what he did was he was physically, uh, sexually abusive. I am completely in agreement with you that he should never play for Manchester United again. But then um, would you say that Ronaldo
1: shouldn't play because, because we're getting in the dan- dangerous territory then? Well, I... I so your I, your I, opinion f- is, is that... Yes, of course, United absolutely. Should,
0: uh? If if, if okay. Mason Greenwood isn't allowed to play for the football club again, why should Cristiano Ronaldo be I mean, an exception?
1: Yeah, but, but I even forget that. So, the, put the Greenwood thing this side So, you're basically saying that if you were in charge at United, you wouldn't have Ronaldo about them because of something... That happened well, like that. I'm, I'm not taking either side. What I'm it's saying is, I don't
0: know. I'm talking about, um, you know, <laughs> not just Manchester United. I'm talking about public opinion. I'm talking about those who will turn around and say, if Mason Greenwood ever plays for Manchester United again, I will never support this football club again. Well, why are you supporting them now? That's, that's first. So then at the same time, you're saying that maybe it's because Greenwood's
1: getting it tougher because he's English. Ronaldo no, I'm not saying
0: it, that. I don't. Know, I, mean, I, mean, well, I honestly, I'm not no. saying that. Dar- I don't know. Well, I any mean, of that. Um, I don't know. Uh, because I, I think that would be. Uh, that would be. I have no idea. But what I'm saying is, I think part of it is, um, in a mo- uh, the, I, I'm not educated enough on the topic to say this properly. Because I, don't, I think part of it is. The lens, you know, today with social media, if you go back to Kobe Bryant and all that 20-something you know, years ago, there just wasn't the social media. You, you could you could get away with stuff like this back then in a way you couldn't do now, right? Yeah. So, um, and Ronaldo's happened in 2007. Again, back at a time when social media, as we know it, was in its infancy, right? It took years to come out. And by that time it came out, Ronaldo was already such an established phenomenon. It was really difficult at that point to put the cat back in the back. Mason Greenwood, a young kid at the start of his career. right? So, if, and there's no doubt about this, the, it, it depends on like uh, the player and the status of the player, determines, it somewhat determines how it gets handled. Right. So, if Mason Greenwood, is some random 18-year-old at United or some other club really has no value. He's made an example out of insect. Right? Yeah. But that's not the case. And so to me, I think I first of all, calm, you know, people will if people are listening to this and thinking I'm trying to make a case for defending Mason Greenwood, then they're hearing what they want to hear. I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is at some point. There has to be a conclusion to this, whether it's charging him, right? Or whether it's turning around and saying there's not sufficient evidence or whatever the case may be, whatever the outcome is, you know. But in, it, my, in my opinion, it's, it's still a tough decision
1: one way or the other. Yes, the man, I agree with ev- the, the evidence was so damning, even if he's, if he's like, let go of mm-hmm. all the charges are dropped and there wasn't sufficient evidence. What we seen and what we heard was what we seen and what we heard, what that? and that it's as simple as this is probably the toughest decision the club will have to make because he is so good. It, I actually revert it back to like the NFL, right? It's weird to me how there's players in the NFL like Tyree Kill who gets done for you know assault of um, domestic violence, all these things. Mm-hmm. He's dropped from one team, and he's dropped mm-hmm. like five minutes. He's picked up by another team, yes. and it's everything's forgotten. What's the difference? <clears throat> so, what is the reason? <clears throat> and then dropping him just because you make a, <clears throat> he he's he's done something wrong. Is it going to be the same? Are we going to if if this happens with Greenwood, are we going to drop him? Is someone else going to say him? Do you know what I mean? Is, is yeah. it going to be that same correlation that happens in the, in the NFL? So, I don't really understand it. In my opinion, I I've never understood it in the NFL. And I don't understand that if if that's the case with Greenwood, I think if he's if he's proved guilty, or a drop you know, the dropping shouldn't be signed by anyone else.
0: No, I completely agree, and I think really there should be a, a a ban from FIFA that prevents that. That says you cannot play professional football for someone. And if you know if he's found guilty, and I would agree with you, mate, on what we do know, you know the evidence is is, is damning. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't do him any favors. Uh, secondly. His ability as a footballer is irrelevant to whether um, it, it oh, yeah. should be irrelevant, really, uh, when it comes to whether he should get to play or not again. And there will be people that turn around and say, let's say he, you know, he's exonerated, or let's say because because there's a point, important point here, come. Even if Mason Greenwood isn't convicted, that doesn't mean he isn't he isn't guilty, right? Yeah. because there's a difference between. What you know and what you can prove, and to me, I think um, obviously, amazing Greenwood following legal advice. And I've spent way too long on this topic more than what I wanted to do. But when I looked at Kobe Bryant, first of all, it wasn't up to me to forgive him, right? Secondly, um, I've got no idea what it's like to be the victim of sexual assault. It must be utterly, it must be. Uh, terrifying tragic or and and you know pick any any uh any word you want uh pejorative word you want that it, it just it must be truly unbelievably uh damaged in so many different ways so yeah if you get a conviction what have you and you're released from prison um what is the model way to live your life after you come out I uh, that is it possible? Maybe not to make amends, but is it possible to where this you're no longer defined by this? Is it possible for you to repay that to society? Because one of the things that Kobe Brant did, and again, I want to preface this: and I'm not saying this is this is exoneration or, or or exculpatory or anything else. But he dedicated a significant portion of his life to women's sports. Right to improving women's sports, to making sure they were given just rewards, to making sure they were given just rewards commercially, and then and giving them up the coverage and everything else, which is what he should do. Right, acknowledgement of his mistake. Again, I'm, I, I want to be careful with the language I use. Was clear, it's bigger than a mistake, but acknowledgement of a serious wrongdoing and an attempt to try to give something back to society, um, in an effort to repay something that he owes society and he's in a position to administer. So to me, I think um you know with Mason Green when I discuss this um purely uh, from a from a sporting angle I have no I'm been, I, I, I not suggesting for any, any reason or any any not suggesting he should be exonerated or anything else. And so please don't twist my words later and say this is I'm trying to defend them and I'm certainly not. I'm just asking questions. Um and uh, I, I I don't know the answers to these questions. Uh but um for the victim and for everybody involved it'd be nice to see some sort of resolution and justice be given um so that um justice is properly applied and um, hopefully we get a resolution that soon for all parties involved. Um, Mate, let's look at quickly what we're going to do this summer. Uh, Lots of people, lots of players being being linked. um, Lots of... So, if I was to say, I would say, what is reasonable at this point for United fans to expect? So I asked an individual who he would know. Now let me just phrase it this way. Would it be reasonable to say that uh, the young deal, Darwin Nunez and Timber, just Brilliant Timber, um, are still very much alive and, uh, and happening? Says, um, that would be fair comment. Uh, progressing with multiple targets. But nothing imminent as we speak. So clearly, there's legitimate interest in Jury and Timber, Darwin Nunez, and, uh, uh, and uh, Frankie De Jong. I think Frankie De Jong will happen. Uh, I think if it wasn't going to happen, you know, it would have moved on already and they'd know by now. Um, I think Timber is obviously something they like quite a bit. And uh, Darwin Nunez, I think Darwin Nunez, I'm less certain about Darwin Nunez, but he's obviously someone you're know very interested in.
1: I think Kimber is a definite. I think his ability to play right back is quite small, he's like five foot nine, five foot ten. I think his ability to play right back can hack very well. I think he's a definite. I think he will definitely sign for United. I think Frankie de Jong more than likely he's going to sign for United also I think Darwin Nunez possibly will happen but if it doesn't happen who's the the next option so that's what we'll have to be looking at so that's why I kind of think United are pushed into a corner on that one because yeah. there there is no other real targets out there other than Darwin Nunez that fits the bill so I think that one happens as well to be honest I actually think we signed another centre half alongside Timber because Timber will probably be used more to yeah, right back in my opinion is. Yeah, I could see Paul Torres and Timber both being signed. With the, with obviously Timber then being shifted the right back, I would imagine again, guesswork. I'm not saying I know anything, just just guesswork.
0: Yeah, and I think like this is where you know it's going to be really interesting because obviously Paul Torres is someone that like, um, I think they would try to use Eric Bay in swap exchange there. That's been, yeah, hundred Or maybe I've...
1: even Martial. I yes. see Martial going there, maybe, and Dan Juma coming. I don't know. I'm again guessing.
0: Well, possibly. But I think what's interesting is um, so it, when you look at uh, Eric Bae, uh, I'm told that um, Ranick was really unhappy with his own professionalism. And uh, we're constantly at loggerheads, the two of them. And mm-hmm. so uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Clearly, when you see Phil Jones starting to game ahead of Eric Bae, that tells you what you need to think of everybody internally. Weird as it is, because he's actually got talent. Jesus Christ, my feet are stinging man! my uh, <laughs> like Chernobyl in there. Uh, I grew a third eye, I mean, honest, a guy that's roasting in here, I took my shoes off, I have no dicky rocks on, and I smell it, <laughs> I mean, like, Jesus <laughs> I don't think my kids, not me. Uh, but uh anyway, I'm sure sh- i think I was snuffing 18 p toys at pounds shot oh my but, god here but, but uh seriously I think I can smell this. <laughs> what? But uh anyway, um so that's my excuse if I come out with Sean wibble on this podcast. That's um, but in all seriousness, um what were we talking about? <laughs> we were saying oh, that possibly Bay gets
1: used as paid for Pal Torres because oh, that does fit the bill, to be honest.
0: And I think this is where it's going to be really important, mate. Um, where I was talking earlier, where you get to evaluate United in a way that you haven't before, and that is going to be how they're going to sell players, right? Because they have been really poor at that in the past, you know. So I don't want to see players stretched out their last year, their contracts sell them whenever we need that money to buy. Makes no sense. Yeah. Like Jesse Lingard should have been sold in January, right? No excuse for that. Should have been sold, yeah. right? Uh, you know, it could have done with the money. And whenever I'm here in Ten hugs, um transfer budget is is uh, dependent upon players being sold. It makes no sense to me. Like you, we talk about not n- n- saying Vladic in January. Okay, I can sort of understand that, but I can't understand them not saying And I'm, maybe they're saying that to 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 uh to well, we're not saying of Lovitz, but we'll leave you, Jesse Lingard. That's as good as a new senator for the next six months. And honestly, yeah. you know, that, that, you know. So uh, I like, you know, Ten Hag's first press conference, I have to admit, he looked a bit nervous to me, right? Which is understandable. I really don't care. Yeah. Um, but um. I don't read much
1: into that, to be honest. Nor do I, I, I man. Nor do I.
0: No. Uh, to me, it seemed more about a language issue. For a Dutch guy, he, 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 I've seen, you know, Dutch guys agree, were usually perfect English. Right. It seemed yeah. like really, it seemed more be a, he was a a bit cheeky, wasn't he uh, it just seemed yeah. like he was not hundred percent certain of the language. Yeah. Um but you know he grew in that and not no way no issue with it. But um I think for me, come now um I put the bed out of what happened last season. I don't want to revisit it. I want to be positive, yeah. i to be positive going forward. Turn out gonna make unpopular decisions. That you know the fans are certainly the fans are not going to like. He's in this wonderful stage right now where he hasn't made a decision, major decision. So he's all love, right? But when he goes out and says Sebastian Haller or someone like that and you know the fans (laughs) or just using it as an example, he's going to irritate, right? Um, so that'll come (laughs) later. But uh, I um, am excited about the signings this summer. I think uh, United will get. Dion, Timber and um, probably Nunez but before I go, my quick question on Nunez, because not a settled sense at the minute that he is a world-class striker and I've seen, the have some people talk about him in Portugal uh, with mixed reviews
1: I don't know I don't know enough about, about him that it'd be perfectly honest for me to say that he's going to come in and hit the ground running but I think going by its goal record, can't really say much because the Portuguese league is quite poor, really is. And I know, I know you you speak to Zach quite a bit, but and he would probably say that the Portuguese league isn't mm. isn't poor. In my opinion, it is. Um, I think it's not really a great league. You look at someone like Rand Gold who went out there and ended up becoming kind of like more more or less a, a superstar out there for Fiorentina after he left uh, Sporting Lisbon. And you remember when he was signed Sporting Lisbon from. Dundee United I think it was he kind of went out there and now he's in the MLS and he's kind of struggling Um, in my opinion I don't really I don't think it's a great league so we can't really judge him until he comes to the Premier League and you know yourself some of these players South Americans they'll hit the ground running or they don't it's it's one or the other it's never really halfway there Um, so hopefully he does hit the ground running. hopefully he's a good sign but I'm sure that they're doing the due diligence on him at the moment and we'll we'll find out sooner rather than later but if, if we're looking at it we really miss the we missed the boat on Julian Alvarez, in my opinion. He was the one, the same. I think that when City go out and send two unbelievable prospects, and you can't even call Halland the prospect anymore, but Halland and Alvarez, like that, that's worrying.
0: Yeah. The only thing I would say about Alvarez, man, is that um, he needed a striker in January. River didn't want him to go until the summer. So, But I agree with you that um, that's the type of player, you need know, to be looking at um yeah. and that's the type of player that i would have liked to see united uh and you know look city are going to loan him out most likely so he's probably not going to be in the first team anytime soon oh yeah. yeah probably but nonetheless if he had United in january he'd be sitting with 10 15 games 12 10 12 games under his belt 100 right? yeah uh, And probably sitting on five or six goals let's say something like that there, right um so to me, I think definitely agree that it should have been after him in January. Uh, they were offered the players were most English players, English clubs. Um, but uh, in in another sense, calm if you want to be negative, maybe it's a concern that the Glazers weren't willing to sanction a fifteen million pound signing in January to make sure that money went to Ten Hag in the summer. Surely something as minuscule as fifteen million really shouldn't have a major impact on how you need to recruit this summer. You know, to me, I would be amazed if you need to break 150 million net um, uh, number this summer.
1: Then, The net figure of 150, uh, we've had a bit of a disagreement on that. I don't yeah. know. I, I think I think we kind of have to, but
0: Not, I can understand where you're from. They may say some won't. players... I'm not saying they no, won't I, spend well a but I can't see it, mate. I just, I just, you know, when you look at how United are doing business, um, they're out of the Champions League, right? That's a big hit. Now, the other thing about being, on the champion, being out of the Champions League is it also reduces the wage bill because a lot of those players, will, their wages will drop because, um, uh, because the of the way of the contract's yeah. so, negotiated. So it's your cost down a bit, right? Um, but still not it. So you lose money. And so um, remember, they borrowed 100 million during the pandemic, right? Yeah. And so you're looking at that going, mm. I've all, always, my question with United is where is the money coming from? You know, and so a lot, if you look at United's financials, a lot of it is, you know, pay over, you know, pay over time. It's like it's, it's, getting the purchase out of catalog. You're going to fail every two weeks, right? It's that kind of tick one halfway through. right? But uh, <laughs> not guilty. But uh, <laughs> um, uh seriously, you're looking at it, they're going, but there's the rumour with wages, because they will have some big earners off the books, right? And I think uh, if they can effectively sell, which I really hope they do a good job of getting rid of debt. Phil Jones needs to be moved on. buying needs to be moved on. Wambasaka has not moved on between those three. Let's say you sell by Wambasaka, right? Let's say you got 60 million or 30 million a right? So there's no reason why. Let's say you no harm, There is not a mission.
1: We're getting 30, you get 30 million for Wambasaka. There is no chance he's working in Penn. Nah, Mate, There's no yeah. chance that we're getting yeah, 30 million. Tell yeah. you what, we, we get 30 million for him. I'll, I'll uh, get a, an investor for this podcast, one million dollars. To this
0: podcast to no, this. wait a minute no chance we to... get 30 million rubies don't worry about that dark year. we get that sort <laughs> 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 you didn't say 30 <laughs> million wow. there,
1: there is not a mission we get 30 million you Wambasaka you are on that you, way. Take, you take a look on it, you, a no look,
0: you take a look right here come first of all Wambasaka is 20 25 years of age yep. if you're Patrick Vieira and you're looking at Wambasaka and you're saying look if I can't make him... If I can't improve him, right? Mate, he was
1: like a 45-year-old Gary Neville. On the
0: Aye, I think he would be all right in the Crystal Palace where he's not under that type of scrutiny. Um, uh, he'd be
1: all right, but they wouldn't pay $30 million for him. Well, I'm telling you, you know, they would pay 10 15 million million. Well, then I would uh, say... Right,
0: look, mate, when you, look, when you take a look at what's going for 10 15 million in the Premier League, right? And I'm talking about Ross... I'm talking about absolute wow. dross, right? There's no reason yeah. why you know it shouldn't expect. Well, you know, I, I think, uh, when I look at even what's going for 30 million in this market, right? I would say yeah. he, he's a young English right back, he's still at a point in his career where you could improve him. You take a look at Zaha, for example, right? So, the player that Pa saying was aha, uh-huh, right? You wouldn't have said top level player. Well, he's went done improved significantly. Well, he yeah, has,
1: and I, I agree
0: with her. But if All someone so offered me
1: twenty million, I'd bite their hand off for for I just can't see any the, any uh, reason we get thirty million from.
0: Okay, let, right. so. Let's see. Um, so let's say you need you to sell then you have an estimated value of Baye for around 20 million or something like that, right? And take well, it off the Pa Torres thing. So you get 30 million, you sell Torres, you sell uh Juan Bissaka, you sell uh Baye, Phil Jones, get him off of, get him off a of Bill. And uh you know, you amortize those players. There's no reason why you needed if you need to sit in there saying themselves hundred, we've spent 150 million. You know, we could get a top-level centre-back for another twenty-five million, but we're just refusing to go to one hundred and seventy-five. It's criminal to me, right? Um, you know, and they they do need a centre-back because uh, there's a problem with McGuire, obviously, and the fact that um, Varane is injured way too much. But anyway, mate, we've been waffling and wobbling for way too long. Yeah, uh, way way too long. <laughs>
1: but, uh, have have uh, a good have a good one, mate. As a always, pleasure, as
0: always, brilliant to have you on, and. Uh, Thanks for the, the debates as always. Thanks to all of you who download the podcast, who subscribe to the podcast. Lots of good stuff coming up over the summer and uh, next season. We're excited. We're going to be making some changes. So uh, we're going to get a new host. Isn't that right, Calum? <laughs> we oh, Yeah, we're getting, we're, getting rid of, we're getting rid of Phil. <laughs> so uh, getting rid of my half a American accent. You know, you yeah, swear to God, there's so many times around talking and I hear it come in. And I'm like, no! no oh you don't even know yeah, what's happening here you don't even you don't even know what happens like it, it just catch yourself and they're like oh my god you know and come and become a great mcdowell here right i'll like, be so. in two months after you set up this marriage but uh yeah, <laughs> <my limit>. appreciate <laughs> it all <laughs> the best calm enjoy your rest all of your right, uh, uh, in America you? and thanks to all of your for all your downloads like small out there cheers folks take it easy thanks for I listening met- cheers